have been in a series, wrapping up a series uh, this past week that was about the cross, a three-part mini-series within our great disconnect. Um, and uh, we're starting on another, um, it's still the great disconnect, but we're talking about connecting together. It's important for us to do this. I wake up in the morning, Vanessa, we, we say, she says to me, are we still on the great disconnect? Like, yep, we're still on the great disconnect. And the reason why is because there's so many things in society that is trying to separate us. Do you believe that? So many things that are trying to come against us. And so that's why there needs to be a message. And we need to continue to have a message that talks about us being um, us being connected, us being together. And so that's what's important about about what I believe God is saying. So if you have your Bibles, I'd like for you to turn to Ephesians chapter two. Um, and we're going to start and we're going to break in on verse 11. But I, I want us to pray. Lord, I thank you for this time. Thank you, Lord, for your word. And I thank you, Lord, that. The worship time and everything that we do, even when people coming in, the greeters, the ushers, the children's ministry, everything that we do, we want to glorify you, glorify your name, the name of Jesus. We, we don't just sing about it, but we believe that the name of Jesus is above every name that can be named. And we thank you, Lord, for the power of your spirit, Lord, that lives in us and your spirit works in us both to will and to do for your great pleasure. So I'm thankful, Lord, that you're helping us to step into the destiny that you've called us to even right now as your word is powerful and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. Help us, Lord, to, uh, to receive the word and declare to ourselves that we are, we are good ground, Lord, to receive your word. So we thank you for that and we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. And we are going to cut in on the letter that Paul is writing to uh, the church, but especially the, the church at Ephesus that, that he's, he's talking to. And I want us to read this scripture um, and, uh, together in verse 11. It says, Therefore, remember that you, once Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision. Now, that was name calling. They called them that. That was they called them by their name. By what is called circumcision made in the flesh by hands. That at the time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now, would you say that with me? But now. That's important to you remember because that demarcates a time where there was and now there's something that has happened that changes the future. But now, in Christ Jesus, you were once far off, have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Now, that's so important because God is, God is, he's saying here, Paul is saying that what has happened on the cross, and we talked about this, the cross brings us close together where you are far off, and he brings us by the blood of Christ. Verse 14, for he himself is our peace, who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation, having abolished in his flesh, the enmity, that is, the law of commandments contained in ordinances, so as to create in himself one new man. I want you to say that with me. One new man. We're going to say that for a minute because you, we need to understand this. One new man. Here's the reason why I'm saying it. There is a ton of things in society and in our culture today that is trying to separate us. Would you agree with that? Yep. 
trying to bring division, trying to bring disunity, wanting to separate us. It started way back, if you will, all the way back when we, when, uh, from the beginning. The, the enemy has been trying to separate us from God and separate us. From, you know, the Bible even talks about the fact that nothing can separate us from the love of God, but sin separates us from God. But then he has brought us near by his blood. But things in society today are trying to keep us from being together. You can start back, we were talking about um, Black Lives Matter, which I have from the pulpit have, have, have preached against and, and not for any, any entity or any uh, organization that is against the, uh, the family and against um, the, the nuclear family. I've, been, I've preached against that. I've said it. I'm not going to change my mind about that. Not only that, but then now the enemy is trying to come in and attack our kids and come after our kids with this critical race theory stuff that has not, no room in the church, has no place in the body of Christ, has no place in society at all. And so I, I'm going to be one that will stand in the pulpit and shout as loud as I can that we are against anything that is trying to separate us as a body coming together. No reason whatsoever to let the enemy come in and separate us as a body of Christ. You don't hear us going into a hospital bed to the doctor. You need to separate the arm from the body because, it, no, we are all connected together. Uh, you get slapped if you come trying to take, separate stuff from going on in my body. I was at the doctor the other day. They were trying to find out what's going on with me. They're getting ready to cut and stuff. I was just like, well, now, wait a minute, doctor, before we start talking about cutting. Um, what is it that you're going to cut out? And so he started explaining to me. I'm sure there are things that, that need to come. God put some things in there that don't need to necessarily come out. Amen. You are here for such a time as this, you know. And it's funny how we get all religious when people start taking out knives and stuff. You know, we get all religious. God has brought us together, and what God has brought together, let no man separate. Anyway, <laughs> but the truth is, is even that. Now, brothers and sisters, there's a new enemy, a new separation that's trying to come against the church, and that is this. Those that are vaccinated and those that are not vaccinated. They're trying to separate us with that. They're trying to come against us, trying to say that the Jews that are, that are vaccinated, those you're not, and trying to separate us that way. And here's, here's the truth. Your being vaccinated has to do with your choice and what you believe God is saying to you as an individual, as a family. Amen? Amen. And so what I'm trying to say is, is don't let any outside influences try to influence you. Now, if you need to take the vaccine, we're not against you doing the vaccine, taking the vaccine. The, what I'm saying is, what isn't of faith is, is sin. You hear what I'm saying? What isn't of faith is sin. So if it's fear that you're motivated by, stop it. I can sit down on that one right there. I just ended the message. Benediction. But if it's fear that's operating in your life and trying to motivate you, you got to stop it. We're not about fear. How, do you, how can you say that? Pastor, there's a ton of fear that's going on in the world. This is what I mean by that. God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. If you can't sleep at night from trying to figure out the vaccine, stop it. Trying to figure it out, go to sleep, go to bed, and say, God, I trust you. But at the same time, if you're supposed to get it, get it. We have a statement that I want to read to you from, the, from our leaders that I want. We're not only going to, I'm not only going to read it to you today, but I'm also going to post this on our website so that you know exactly what we're talking about. This is what we've said. Recognizing that the choice to be vaccinated for the COVID virus or not has become a potentially divisive issue. 
We, the leaders at Sojourn Church, want to affirm the personal responsibility of each person to make the decision for themselves and their families based on the conviction of the heart. We encourage believers to evaluate the information they can gather from the, from the medical servants who are equipped and taking responsibility for our help, the doctors, your personal doctors. We also urge each believer to respect the decision of others that are different from yours. This issue is a matter on personal conviction, not essential doctrine. Each of us has a unique situation that we handle in faith and with love. Amen? Amen. And that's our statement. We'll put that on our website. That's what we believe. You, it's your personal conviction. But again, don't let fear motivate you for anything. I have some friends and some people here that it's affecting, and um, we're standing with them on what they believe God is saying to them. At the same time, we're not going to be a people moved by fear. We're also not going to be a people who are going to succumb to the whims of this world and society that is trying to separate us by race, by, by separation. That's the enemy's plot to do that because that's what God is saying to us that he's created. We've been brought near by the blood of Jesus. Amen? He has brought us near. The Bible says that we were far off and then we were far off. So he's talking to both Jew and Jews and Gentiles. Right? That's what Paul's talking to. So the question that we need to ask ourselves this morning is not what creed, what race, what, what, where you come from, and what, what's going on here, and, where, and where, how to separate each other. The question that you need to ask yourself is this. Are you in or are you out? Are you in Christ or are you not in Christ? Because if, anyone, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. All things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. What, what is this new you speak of? I'm talking about one new man. What is this new I'm talking about? One new man. And this, that's what it is. And so the Gentiles who are far, far off, they called them names, called them the uncircumcised. And then the Jews, I mean, I'm telling you, that was just Jews only that could come in. But God says in his word, just what Paul is saying in his word, that he has come in and broken down the middle wall of separation. This is what I love about God. He is a God that breaks down walls and barriers. How do you know this to be true, Pastor? Because when he died upon that cross and he said, it is finished, he ripped the veil in two. And now I can boldly go to the throne of grace and obtain, and obtain help to find grace to help in time of need. I can boldly walk in there and obtain grace and find mercy to help me because as my father, I'm going to the cross. I believe in Jesus, I believe what he has done. And because of that, his blood has brought us near to the throne, near to God. There's only one way to the Father, and that's through Jesus. But we celebrate, we celebrate the, our, our differences, amen? Because I, I, people say that I'm colorblind. You know, I don't, I don't see color. Well, there's something wrong with you. You get your eyes checked because there's a lot of color that is in the world. Is that true? 
I celebrate you. I, I look out about, among our congregation and I love the fact that we are different. There's, there's diversity and that he brings us together. All of the diverse parts of who we are. We are different. And so I, I want to tell you, I celebrate you today. I celebrate my brothers and sisters and mothers and fathers today because they are different. We're supposed to look like the UN. No, I'm just kidding. We're supposed to look all different. Um, how does a, uh, I think about Vanessa and I, I celebrate our differences, not the fact that I'm a, I'm a black man and, uh, and that and Vanessa's a white girl, but we, we're from two different parts of the country. How does a boy, a man from Arkansas, marry a girl from New Hampshire and they come together? How does God do it? That's a, that's a miracle in and of itself, Right? How does that happen? We met at Bible college, um, and, and, and so there, there's, there's differences there. Uh, she came from the north, uh, way up north, like way up there in the north, and came down here to the south, and she had to make some adjustments. Like, and then she introduced me to her foods, like spaghetti and, uh, and, and seafood and lobster. I love that kind of stuff. But then I introduced her to my food which is soul food, you know, like collard greens. It's stuff we eat in the South, you know, that she still won't eat. Um, <laughs> to this day, I'm just like, girl, this stuff good for you. Stick to your ribs. She's like, it sticks somewhere. I don't know if it stick to your ribs. And so she, won't, she still won't eat it. But it's just different. There's dif diversity, amen, that God brings us together. And, and we have to come together to be able to, 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 be able to run our family. There's some differences that we have. There's some things we don't agree on. Like, for instance, that Beretta is still sitting at the store at Shields that we talked about last week. She still hadn't changed her mind about that. But we're still praying. God is good all the time. All the time, God is good. You know how we get religious when we want something. God, you know how I've been, I've been trusting you. Anyway, Lord, I really have, God, so it's about time you help her to understand it. But there's, a, there's, there's diversity, there's culture, there's different things that God, we celebrate. We need to be celebrating each other and the differences and going against the flow of the world that is trying to separate us every single day. You got to turn off the media, you got to turn off the news that is trying to say now that they're pushing this and now that they're pushing that. No, I'm not pushing anything except for Jesus and him crucified. I'm not pushing, pushing all these other things at the enemy. So that's why we celebrate diversity. We celebrate the fact that, that Christ has broken down the middle wall and that we all come together as one. That's what I love about when we come together. I love Sundays. I, I'm, like, I'm like Pastor Kevin. I love Sundays because it's almost like a family reunion. You know, my kids don't necessarily like that because they get to see, they see people, they're just like, Lord, please don't let me see Aunt so-and-so again. And, so, and I hope they're not watching because anyway, I didn't, I didn't name any names. Anyway, um, but, but the truth of the matter is, is that I love us getting together as a family just because uh, I love seeing Christ. And when I look at you, I see Jesus because we're just destined and determined in our hearts to look like him. At the same time, we celebrate our differences. When I was younger, I was in the marching band. And um, I love being in a band. I also love playing football. There would be times when I would take my uh, football uniform off and I put on my marching band. I played the tuba. Uh, I played some different instruments. I played the trumpet, um, and I played, but I, my favorite instrument was, instrument was the tuba. I played the sousaphone, the one that wrapped around you, the marching band, the one, and, and I played that, and I played the concert tuba. And I loved playing that instrument um, and I, and I, because it was so big, and I could blow on it and be like, you know, I could blow on the thing, and I was huge, and because and a lineman, you know, a lineman was fitting to have that tuba. Well, I, um, my dad, um, used to take us to the nursing home on Sundays, and I would play Amazing Grace on that tuba to the nursing home people. 
Now, you say all, but the nursery home people said it in a different way. They were like, oh. <laughs> this brother again. Here he come again with that big old tube. It's a true story. One day, this lady came to me, and she said, she said, she said, son, does your daddy have you come play that tuba? I said, yes, ma'am, he does. She goes, tell him not to do that anymore. You're not very good. You are horrible at playing that. I thought she was going to give me some encouragement, but she didn't. She told me I was bad at playing that tuba. She's like, he know, you know good. And I just like, dad, see? He goes, you're going to play it again next week. But what I love about being in the band is the fact that we had this teacher. My, my band director, name was Mr. Porsche. And Mr. Porsche would come in, but he would wait and let us warm up. And when you would walk in the band hall, there would be all the different uh, instruments. The saxophones, who thought they were better than everybody else, would be playing over here. And then there's the trumpets, who they, they played, and then the, the clarinets. And, and then we had the flutes and the woodwinds and the flutes. And I had a friend uh, that was a big lineman that played the flute. And I was like, man, you sure you want to play the flute? <laughs> You know, that's, that's, that's not normal for you to want to play the flute. He was like, I can play the flute if I want to. I was like, don't do that. Don't do that. You know what I'm saying? But he, he's like, I can play the flute if I want to. And so he sat there and played. But it was before warm-up, we would always be playing all the different noises and all the different things that were going on. All the different instruments would make all these noise. But when Mr. Porsche stepped onto the podium, he would get his baton and he would tap on the music stand. And everyone would stop and he would raise it and he would drop it down. And all of the instruments would come together and play one harmonious note. I want to tell you this morning that Jesus Christ, the King of heaven, is stepping out on the podium. And no matter what instrument that you are playing, he is tapping on this music stand this morning. And he is trying to get the attention of the body of Christ. And what he is saying is this, no matter what instrument you are playing, no matter what background you come from, no matter what, you, uh, what instrument you are playing, we are coming together as a harmonious church and we are going to play one harmonious note together as we sing and orchestrate the sound of heaven that is going on in the body of Christ. So you can celebrate your instrument, but it has to come under the jurisdiction of the king. You can celebrate and play your note, but it has to come under the jurisdiction and the, and the con, as the conductor of the king. Not only that, it has to come under the rhythm of the king. His heartbeat, what he is saying for us, he is uniting his orchestra and he's orchestrating the sound that is coming from this place. And it is a harmonious note. It is a wonderful note. It is a great sound that is coming from this place. And the great sound is getting the attention of the world. And they're saying, what is that note? What is that sound? It is a sound of the coming of revival, the sound that is coming of the awakening, the sound that is coming of the church who has said, we will not step back and stand back into the shadows. We will stand firm during this time and proclaim that Jesus Christ is Lord because every knee will bow and every Every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And so because of that is what he's saying. I am, I have come and I'm making the body of Christ be one new man together, all together, all together now. And we, we come to the downbeat is the sound of the king. All hail King Jesus. Amen. Amen. So I celebrate whatever, 
whatever instrument you are. I celebrate where, you, where you've come from, but I also, celebrate, I also celebrate us coming together as the bride of Christ. Amen? And he's torn down that partition. One of the things that I love about our family, and I say this with all honesty, not just because Vanessa is here, um, but um, my mother-in-law, when she comes to town, she loves putting together puzzles, like a puzzle. So one of the things that we have to do when she comes into town is the kids have to get a card table out, and they bring it out to the living room, and they dump the puzzle on the table. And while she is here, the whole time she is here, she works on that puzzle. Not that's the only thing she does. I mean, she's amazing. Um, I literally, she is a doer, and she does so. I have literally dropped a shirt on the floor. And I go, Vanessa, watch this. I've dropped a shirt on the floor, and that shirt is hanging up and pressed by the time I get in bed that night. I go, I dropped this shirt on the floor. She goes, you need to stop doing that. But I'm just like, it's amazing. <laughs> How my mother-in-law is. She just, she just is that way. She can't stand to see, they see things on the floor. I mean, you, you I mean, yes, she's amazing. But the truth is, is all throughout the week, she's working on that puzzle. Now, I know that that's, that's not some of the things that you guys do. Um, but I'm, I said this in the first service because we have seasoned uh, members in our first service. But I'm going to ask you a question, and I want you to answer it. Um, and if you know the rules of putting a puzzle together, and I don't want you to just shout it out. I want to say it on the count of three. If you know the first thing that you do when you get a puzzle together, the first pieces that you look for, anybody know what I'm talking about? I want you to say it uh, on the count of three. One, two, three. The who, whoa, whoa. Oh, the corners. Bro said the corners. The edges, right? You look for the edges. Uh, that's what you're supposed to do. So some of y'all didn't put, I can tell, didn't play cut puzzles. Everybody in the first row was like, edges. And it sounded harmoniously. Some of you guys went corners, middle, edges. So I can tell y'all been playing with other stuff like you know, Ruby's Cubes and stuff like that and, and Etch-A-Sketch, you know, you know, that was my dad. Let's go to, if I go to my dad and be like, Dad, can I have an iPad? He would have handed me an Etch-A-Sketch. That's what he would have handed me. <laughs> or if I asked for it again, I really would have an iPad. I would have a patch on the eye that, I, <laughs> that he hit me in because I asked him again. Oh, I thought you said an eye patch. I said, no, I said an iPad. Anyway. But it's the truth. It's the truth is that you look for the edges. And the reason why I'm saying that is because God is, is there's different pieces of the puzzle. You look for the edges and, and, you, and you start at the edges, but you make, you work your way in. You look for the pieces that put together the, the puzzle that looks like. Now, here's one of the things that, that one, I think one time, there's one time where we had to deal with a puzzle and I think they misplaced the top. Oh, God forbid. You want to wreak havoc on somebody? <laughs> lose the top. You know, it was one day I was like, I'm going to take the top away, but that's like, you better not. So I, I got a puzzle. Can okay, we bring up the puzzle that, that, um, that is, 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 this is a picture of Jesus, a 500 piece puzzle. And I love somebody, Dudley gets on to me. He goes, once a youth pastor, always a youth pastor. And I'm always doing some kind of object lesson or whatever. But here's a picture of Jesus. And you have to now, I don't think it really necessarily is because I don't think Jesus looked like that. Right? They always have him look the flowing hair and the white, blue eyes, Jesus. And he's always looking. Uh, I think he had more color than that, I'll be honest with you. I'm not saying he was black, but he didn't look like what y'all think he looked like. You know what I'm saying? Y'all, y'all try to have him with the wavy hair. And, you know, I can't do it because I have no hair. But I just, you know, he's sitting there and he's always, you know, I'm just, it just doesn't, he doesn't look like that. I'm just saying. You know, some of y'all going to be surprised when y'all get to heaven. Y'all going to be like, Jesus? Is that you? Jesus, you laughing, but he's going to be like, 
you? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so you'll be like, wait, wait, is that, wait, is he? No, he's not. <laughs> By that time, you will know if he knew you or not. Anyway, <laughs> but here's the deal. You have to put the pieces together to be able to get the picture. If you lose the box, if you lose the box, you miss out on the picture. Here's the, here's the truth. Every one of us is destined to look like Jesus. And every piece of the puzzle of your life that you may not see and think is important is plays a part, plays a piece of the puzzle to come together to look like him. So you start with the edges, but then you come in. That's the same thing with your life. You start out far from God. You start out on the edges, but by the time you look at him and you see him for who he is and you really get a glimpse of him, you've come all the way in until you look like Jesus. Do you hear what I'm saying? Every part of who you are, everything that you think looks insignificant has to do with the fact that you're trying to, we are trying to look like Jesus. And we can't look like Jesus if we're separated. We can't look like Jesus if we're a piece just thrown in the, on the side and trying to keep ourselves from the big whole picture. That's what the Bible is. It's a big picture of the meta narrative of who Jesus is and about what he has said to us. Amen. One of the things that is, we didn't, we didn't have puzzles. We, if, she's, if my mother-in-law's not there, we wouldn't have puzzles, but we had what I call the Legos, which is a weapon of mass destruction. I still have bruises on my, on my foot from stepping on Legos. I mean, some of y'all laughing, but raise your hand if you've been a victim. I have a dream. Look at, look, at, look at all the hands. Some of you need healing right now. We need to turn this into a healing room right now. Some of you need healing spiritually, mentally. I stepped on one one night. And I had to repent the next day for the things I said. Mm-mm. I mean, you just, I mean, Vanessa was like, I thought Papa, the sailor man was, up in, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Just stepping on Legos. All of a sudden, just, you just, but my kids would leave them. But there'll be times, what I love about the Lego situation is the fact that they could, by just uh, looking at a picture, take a little piece that was insignificant, looked looked tiny and small. And when I walked in the room and I I could look at them and they would be concentrating, tongue hanging out their mouth, like (laughs) trying to put that together. And I never did understand because I just thought it was a a weapon. I I would throw them all in the the trash can if I could. But each piece was significant. Each piece, each part was significant. And by the time it was over, by the time that the, the Lego piece was over, they would say, Dad! Come in and look what I have made. And it'd be some Megatron, you know, or some Optimus Prime or Bumblebee, some Transformer or some Captain America, some some kind of hero. But they had taken all of those pieces and put it together and made something magnificent. And here's what I want to tell you this morning, that, that over off to the side, you may think your piece, that your life is insignificant and it doesn't look like much, but God has orchestrated something that is magnificent and he's put together something that is great. And as insignificant as you think it is, he's placing one piece and gathering it to put on another piece. And then he's taking those pieces and gathering it to another piece. And that piece and all those pieces come together to make something that is amazing where he says, 
Father, come in and look at what I have designed. And it is the bride of Christ without spot, without wrinkle. And he is saying, come and look what I have fashioned and what I've made. And not only that, the world is saying, look at what is going on here. The body of Christ is coming together and is not separated by denomination and not separated by race and creed and color. But they're coming together and they're creating something that is called one new man. God is creating one new man and it's coming together. And that's what the bride is. That's what it looks. That's what it looks like. Us coming together and not being separated by race, not being separated. So I'll be a monkey's uncle if I'm going to let the, the separation come here in this church. We are going to be a church together and as a family, and we're going to walk together in unity, and we're going to proclaim the name of Jesus together, and we're going to let the world know and the world see that the church is not only alive and well, and that he's building his church, but they're going to see the fact that they are disciples of Christ. How do they know? How do they know that we're disciples? For our love for one another. Amen.